Good morning, Assembly of God Christian Center in Virgins. Again, my name is Guy Miller, Miller, and it's a pleasure to be here with you today on Palm Sunday, 2020. Can you believe that we're in April already? Let's hope it's a little better than March, huh? Boy, isn't this so strange what the virus is doing to everybody and, and you know, our lives and, and the, uh, gosh, you know, the whole United States, the whole world is uh, just thrown off kilter, right? And for us, it means, of course, that we can't meet together on Sunday mornings, and that's a bummer, but uh, you have this video, and I'm so glad that you are watching uh, this video. It's a pleasure for me to preach to you this today, Palm Sunday, also Good Friday, and also next Easter Sunday. And uh, I hope you watched the introductory video, too. It said a little bit more about myself and about this sermon series, but I'd like to get right in it, right, right into it today, if that's okay. So again, I was thinking about, you know, Virgins, uh, Vermont, and I've never been there. And I was thinking that there was a time when it, back in the 80s, right, even the 90s, where if we were taking a trip, what would we do? We wouldn't get our phones out and GPS because that wasn't available yet. We would break out the maps. How many of you remember that? You know, they talk about how unsafe it is to, to text and drive today, and it is. We definitely should not be doing that. But I can remember a lot of trips driving, looking at this big map and trying to find these little roads. And how many of you remember the, the, the big yellow uh, book maps, you know what I mean? And trying to find your way there. Well, that wasn't safe either, driving and trying to find these little roads. Anyway, uh, I, I remember that. And I remember getting lost more than once because you look at a map and you think, well, it looks so easy on the map, and it's the third left after that forest, you know, or something like that. Uh, but it was never that easy, and I remember getting lost a lot. And I got I got to fess up to you today too, because my wife is recording this, and she would definitely uh, agree with this. That I am one of those dudes that when I'm lost in a car, I'm not lost. Okay, I know exactly where I am. And I know where I'm going. So no, we don't need to ask, stop and ask that stranger for directions. Uh-uh, I know where I'm going, you know? So I am totally that dude and I will drive around for a half an hour in the wilderness, you know, not being lost before I will ask um, directions, you know? So I remember a lot of those days, but of course, now that we have GPS, all that's changed. I mean, no one has maps anymore. Very few people actually use street maps, and uh, we don't get lost anymore. But even though we don't get lost, it doesn't mean we always know where we're going. Do you know what I'm saying? Just because we don't get lost anymore doesn't mean we always know where we're going. And how reliant we are upon those GPSs. If those ever go out in the middle of our journey, man, we are... We're, we're in sad shape. And that's another sermon because it's just like the Word of God. You know, if, if you ever take the Word of God from us, uh, we should be that dependent upon it that if you took it from us, we wouldn't know where to go. But that's another sermon. But sometimes we just don't know where we're going. Even with our GPS and all the technology, we can get lost. And today on Palm Sunday, I'm going to relate it that... Sometimes we don't know how to get to God's presence. Sometimes we get lost trying to get to God's presence. And this is true for, for a few reasons. I was thinking that one of them is because God is unseen. 
Now I'm here at my old church, Remix Church. This is our missions wall here. And um, except for my wife who's filming this, there's nobody here. But when we gather here for church, uh, we don't see God, right? When we look around in, in a worship service and we don't actually physically see God, he's unseen. And that can make God's presence sometimes a little tricky because we're used to having a visible presence. Like for instance, I've had the privilege of talking a few times with Brian Benoit. Hey Brian, I can't wait to meet you buddy. Uh, we've texted and emailed and called and, and let's say Brian was having a party this Friday night. Now I know he can't because of social distancing, but let's pretend it all went away. We were all going over to Brian's house this Friday night for some steaks. How does that sound? Well, we would get there and it would be great because we would see everybody and, and we would be in Brian's presence. We would be in each other's presence and it would be great because we could see each other. But it's not like that with God. We come to church and, and uh, God's presence isn't seen and so it's a little, it's a little unfamiliar. It's a little unknown because it's not something we can tangibly see. And sometimes we get lost in trying to get to God's presence. Well, today I have good news for you. How many of you would like some good news? Let me hear you say amen. All right, very good. I'm sure you all said it. But we could use some good news, and the Word of God always brings us good news because that's what the gospel is. It's good news. So I have some good news for you today, and I'm going to read from Psalm 118. As I'm reading it, you will recognize some of this fits into the Palm Sunday setting. You might recognize some of the verses that I'm going to read as words that the people were crying out to Jesus. And I want to just take a moment to again reflect, like I said in my introductory video, how much I appreciate the Psalms and how prophetic the Psalms are in pointing to Jesus Christ. So Psalm 118, I'm going to read this starting in verse 19. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, and the righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me, and you have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us... Rejoice and be glad in it. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You might remember this from Palm Sunday accounts in the Gospels. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God and he has made his light to shine upon us. You are my God and I will give thanks to you. You are my God and I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Now, Psalm 118, when it was originally penned, was probably written about a king, maybe King David would be a great example in the Old Testament, coming back to Jerusalem after a successful military campaign where the enemy was defeated. And the king and his army would come back to Jerusalem and they would welcome him in and they would say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and the king would lead the throng of people to the temple, and there, there would be sacrifices, and the people would thank God for, for fighting for them, and for blessing them, and for being with them. Well, 
you can see now how this psalm, though originally speaking about perhaps King David, just so beautifully points to Jesus. Because as Jesus was entering Jerusalem there on the donkey, the people, what did they do? They laid the palm branches down before him. They, they paved a way. They made a way for him. They made a road. And that road was a road of praise. And they welcomed the king into Jerusalem. Now, it's true that they were expecting a different kind of king out of Jesus. Um, you know, they wanted him to be the man who was going to overthrow the Romans and, um, you know, give freedom and deliverance to the Jewish people. Now, he did bring freedom and deliverance, amen, but just not the political kind that they were thinking. But they were welcoming him in, and what did he do? He, he did go to the temple, but not to offer sacrifices, but to offer himself as a sacrifice, amen? He offered himself, and the stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone, and Jesus himself was a temple. He said, tear this temple down, and in three days, I'll raise it up. He was talking about himself. And so Jesus fulfills Psalm 118 just so beautifully. As he entered Jerusalem to the praise of his people and went to the temple and offered himself as a sacrifice. But here on Palm Sunday, what I want you to remember is that they made a way for him. They laid down palm branches. And here's the good news that I talked about earlier that I know you've been wanting to hear. The good news in terms of Sometimes we get lost getting into God's presence and we, we don't really know how to find our way. The good news is that the way to God's presence is paved with praise. The road to God's presence is paved with praise. Now, you might say, well, why, why is this? Why is praise so important? When we talk about praise and worship, what we are talking about is the worth of that's what worship comes from, the worth that we place on something. We praise the things that we value, right? Um, in our case as Christians, we worship the God we value. And so when we praise, when we worship, we are valuing God. We are placing worth in our relationship with God. And this is why God says, more than any other relationship you have with anybody, I want you to, to value me more than anyone. Not because God is shallow and, he, and he's insecure. And he's like, oh, you have to worship me because, you know, I don't want you to worship anyone else. But he knows that when we worship him, we are fulfilling what we're here on earth to do. And when we're worshiping him, we are being fully alive and fully human. And so praise paves the way to God's presence because when we praise, we're laying down a road, we're laying down a path where we are saying, God, I value you. God, I, I, I have worth. This, this relationship that I have with you is worth so much to me. And that's why praise paves the way to God's presence because we are pro what we are saying is, God, I value you. You are of tremendous worth to me. Now, what we have to do, though, the key to the Christian life is making praise and worship a habit. As I mentioned in the, in the introductory video, 
one of the themes that I want to tie together in this message and in the Good Friday message and in the Easter message is that a relationship with God cannot, should not be built on instant gratification, but on long-term satisfaction. That's key in the Psalms. Long-term satisfaction. No matter what's going on, so many of the Psalms say, no matter what's going on around me, even if I don't feel God's presence, like, like I'm going to preach for the Good Friday uh, sermon from, from Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Still, that Psalm ends up with, with long-term satisfaction, meaning that even Psalm 22 that starts with, my God, why have you forsaken me, ends with, yet, Lord, I will trust you. And this is the key to praise, that it becomes long-term satisfaction and not instant gratification. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me just give a, a real concrete example. For, the, for believers, for you and I, for those listening to this video today that, that love Jesus, praise can't just be something we do on Sunday morning with the worship team, right? You know, I sure miss uh, worshiping with, with my own body uh, of, of believers. You know, I, we, Tom and I have been out of, uh, out of ministry since the end of January here at Remix Church. We haven't been here in a couple of months, and we sure do miss worshiping with a, with a, with a, a bunch of believers, with a, with a tribe uh, every Sunday. It's so beautiful. But, you know, praise can't just be something we do on Sunday morning. For 20 minutes or half an hour. It needs to include that because it's so powerful and beautiful. But sometimes when we think of, when we isolate praise and worship to just 20 minutes or half an hour on a Sunday morning, that becomes instant gratification. We're like, okay, God, I just sang some songs to you. What are you going to do for me now? Or I just worshiped. I just lift my hand. We just had this great song. And so, okay, God, what's in it for me now? Right? You see, that's instant gratification. Whereas long-term satisfaction says, you know, from Sunday to Sunday to Sunday over the years and, and every day in between, I'm going to pave my way to God's presence with praise. On Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, all throughout the week, in the good times and the bad times, even in the midst of a COVID-19 worldwide pandemic where we're all isolated and practicing social distancing, I'm still going to praise my Lord. I'm still going to praise my God. And so we want praise and worship to become a habit, a habit. And for something to become a habit, we have to continually do it. How about you? Maybe sometimes you're uncertain of how to enter God's presence. Maybe sometimes you get lost along the way. Well, a few things can trip us up. One of them is that we think that Perfection is a requirement to enter into God's presence. Perfection is not a requirement. Praise is. Praise is the requirement. Praise is the, is the road. Praise is the way, not perfection. You know, when you lift your hands on a Sunday morning or when you get in your prayer closet or when you kneel down or wherever it is at home that you are worshiping the Lord today, you don't have to be perfect. And I know intellectually we know that, well, no one's perfect, but... Sometimes when we get right down to it, when we get to the, to the moment of praise, we just get, we turn inwards and look at ourselves and what we've done wrong 
in our shortcomings and, and that keeps us from being able to praise. Friend, I want to tell you that God does not make light of sin, but God is not overwhelmed or intimidated by our sinful natures. And perfection is not a requirement for, to enter into God's presence. So don't let that trip you up. Something else that trips us up is performance, right? We just feel like uh, we just have to earn our way into God's presence. And it often manifests, manifests itself like this. Like when we, maybe we've had a, a bad week. Maybe we didn't have devotions at all this week. We didn't even, we didn't read our Bibles. We didn't even open it. And we had a lot of bad thoughts about people. Just grumpy because we're isolated. And, and um, then we come to Sunday and we're like, well, you know, God's not going to want to hear from me today, right? Or I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to kick it up a gear to, to get into God's presence, something like that. Or maybe uh, we had a great week. Maybe we spent an hour every day in the Word and in prayer, and we were just blessing people, and we were kind to our neighbor and kind to our kids and kind to our spouse. And and you had a great week, and we come into Sunday, and you think, oh man, God's just really impressed with me today. Well, that's all performance based. Now, hopefully we all have the good weeks, right? Hopefully we're in the Word, and hopefully we're kind to people because that's what we want to do. But even on our best day, you can't perform your way into God's presence. The pathway, the good news today, friends, is that the pathway, the road to God's presence is paved with praise, not perfection and not performance. So, we want this to become the habit. How can, how can you make this be a habit in your lives today? I have a few things I wanted to share with you. First of all, and again, this is something that the Psalms has just really helped me do, tremendously has helped me to do. And that is to keep our eyes on Jesus. It sounds so cliche, right? But oh, how quickly and how often we get our eyes off of Jesus. And the Psalms just continually point to him. And I say to you three things, Jesus first, Jesus for everyone, and Jesus at the center. This is, this is a key to our Christian life. Jesus first, Jesus at the center, and Jesus for everyone. If we will have this outlook, if we will just keep Jesus at the center, then this will help us to develop a habit of praise. Because when we put other things or other people you know, work or, uh, or materials or, or people at the center of our, ourselves, at the center of our lives, uh, that's going to just, that's just going to cut off praise. It's going to keep praise from continually flowing. But when Jesus is at the center of our lives, that just keeps the praise flowing in our lives. Another way that, that, the word, that, that uh, praise becomes a habit in our lives is through the word of God and the Spirit of God working together. And we need to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. And the only way for the Word of Christ to dwell in us richly is that we have to read it or audiobook it or whatever. We have to get the Word of God into our lives. Now listen, here's a little tip. We often study uh, maybe verse by verse, and we often hear a lot of sermons uh, on a verse, or uh, we do word studies, and a lot of commentaries and, and devotionals and stuff are based on a verse, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want to tell you something. You have to get the Word of God into your mind and your heart. You have to 
take time to read the word because how can the word dwell richly if say you've never read the book of Psalms or any book in the Bible? How can it dwell in you richly? Now, I, I know, I, I gotta be honest. Sometimes, you know, you read maybe Jeremiah and you're in the middle of Jeremiah and you just kind of get lost, right? Some of it's hard to relate to and uh, just doesn't seem pertinent or, uh, but here, here's the thing. Here's what I want to tell you today. You have to read the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Not in a day, not in a week. Read it through in a year. And after two or three years, again, long-term satisfaction, not instant gratification. You can't approach the word like, okay, I read a verse and okay, God, it's all got to happen for me now. It's going to take you, it's a journey. It's going to take you years to understand the Bible, okay? But you have to read it. Because I guarantee if you read if you read Leviticus a few times, if you read Jeremiah a few times, and you're exposed to it, then you get to the New Testament and you're reading Jesus, eventually the Holy Spirit's going to, that light bulb's going to go off in your head. And you're going to be like, oh, that's what that means. That's what it's about. I promise you it's going to come together. The Word and the Spirit of God work within us to develop a habit of praise. Another way that we uh, can develop the habit of praise is by learning the language of praise. I've, I've come to find out that a lot of people struggle with this. They just don't know what to say. You know, thank you. Um, that was awesome, right? We're used to giving the like on Facebook or something, and, and that's how we praise, like, you know, the heart or whatever, and, and we don't have the language of praise anymore, how to praise people. I know it sounds like a little bit of a broken record, but again, I want to point you to the book of Psalms. Psalms, as you know, is just songs. These were songs that were sung. And I love the Psalms because, as I mentioned earlier, it reflects every, it reflects every emotion that we as humans have. It expresses songs of, of disappointment with God. It expresses songs of being overwhelmed. It expresses songs of being overjoyed with God and everything in between. It teaches me the language of praise and it can teach you the language of praise. What I do, what I started years ago and it just helped me tremendously because maybe you've had this experience, right? Maybe you're in church and the worship team is just singing your favorite song and you lift your hands and you praise and you're kind of like, God, you're good. Yeah, you're really good. Uh, and you kind of just like, well, what do I say? What do I do? And to me, what I do, and, and, and I started this, you know, at, at home alone, is I would just literally read some of the Psalms and read it to God as praise. I take it as my own. Listen, God doesn't mind if you plagiarize the Bible, okay? Go ahead and take the Psalms and make it your own and, and, just, and just say the words to God. Mm. Just say the word to God, right? Oh, Lord, our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth? And, and there you go. There's a sentence now that you didn't have before that now you do have. And so the Psalms can give you hundreds and hundreds, and not that you have to remember them all, but hundreds of ways to praise the Lord. So learn the language of praise through the Bible. The last thing I want to say about a habit of praise is that sometimes we don't, have, we don't place a lot of worth of God because we have a very secular worldview. We don't 
we don't look at the world around us as, uh, as an area where God is actually moving. Friends, I want to encourage you to have a biblical worldview today, to know that God is actively moving. Even in the midst of COVID-19, I, I don't believe this is a judgment from God by any means, but I believe that God is at work doing this. Surely you see the church is being shaken, and I think it can be in a good way. And you could just say, well, that's just a virus, right? Just a virus, and it's like the plague, and, and, and all these other things it just happens to mankind, and we just got to deal with it the best we can. Okay, or we can have a, a more biblical worldview and say, well, what is God doing in this? Romans 8, 28, right? What is God, how is God going to work this for good? What, what good can come out of this through God? This is a biblical worldview to see that God is working and God is alive, and God's kingdom is here on earth right now. If we will begin to be more aware that God's spirit is moving and God's kingdom is growing all throughout the world, we will be more apt and more inclined to have the habit of praise and to see things not just as random coincidence, but as God's spirit moving. And so we want, we want, the, we want praise to be a habit for us because the, the, the way, the road, the path to God's presence is paved with praise today, friends, on, on Palm Sunday. And what I want to encourage you to do in closing is to regularly, habitually, out of long-term satisfaction with God, to regularly lay down your palm branches each and every day, when you feel like it and when you don't. Because even when on days when I get up in the morning and I get my cup of, of coffee, and I sit and have devotions, and there's days when, you know what? I'm not in a great mood, right? Oh, Lord, our oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. I lay my palm branches down. It's not disingenuous for me to praise God when I don't, when I'm not bubbling over, because we're not always, as humans, we don't always bubble over. Praise is not being fake. That's what I love about the Psalms. I love that when I get up in the morning, you know, and I'm a little grumpy or something, I can still just praise the Lord. And it's not disingenuous. And you know what happens eventually is as I'm reading the Psalms, I read five Psalms a day, I read a proverb a day, and I read through some other book of the Bible throughout the month. You can't read five Psalms and not turn into, and not turn yourself to, to, into praise and worship. You can't read the Psalms and end up grumpy because at, even at the end of reading the Psalms, it's just, it just turns your heart to God and I lay my palm branch down. Maybe at first, yeah, it's kind of a little bit out of, well, I don't feel like doing this, but by the time you're done, you're laying them down and you just say, you know, God, I love you today. I worship you today. And so we lay down our palm branches regularly. We want praise to become second nature to us today. We want to have long-term satisfaction with God and not look at praise as something instant gratification. Lord, I just sang the song to you, so what are you going to do for me now? Let's not approach it that way. Let's just approach praise of God. You are my portion in the land of the living, and I love my life with you. And I, and I believe and I believe that we will begin to more regularly experience God's presence. And imagine a church, imagine a church in Virgins, where there's a group of people 
that are regularly in to God's presence and regularly experience God's presence. Imagine the impact that would have on your community. I know you already are having an impact and you have been for quite a few decades now, but imagine God's people so full of praise, regularly laying down their palm branches. You see, people notice that. And where people are praising God, there God says, my presence will be. And where there's God's presence, there is victory and joy today. So happy Palm Sunday. I look forward to seeing you again on uh, Good Friday and Easter. And Lord bless you today.